Hello, you're listening to In Conversation with Angela Lee Foster from Suffolk Pro Help. Suffolk Pro Help is a county-wide network of professional organisations providing support to voluntary and community groups and charities in Suffolk who are unable to afford such expertise. Suffolk Pro Help is part of Community Action Suffolk and is funded by the National Lottery Community Fund. So welcome to this week. I'm with Helen Oldfield from uh, Affinity PR. Welcome, Helen. Hello. It's really nice to speak with you. And Helen, uh, Affinity PR, quite a new member of Suffolk Pro Help. Uh, I'm going to ask you why you got involved, but first I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit about Affinity PR. Well, Affinity PR is my own business. It's been around for, oh, since about 2012 as a limited company and prior to that, another couple of three years on top of it. Um, it, I happen to be based here in Suffolk, but pre-lockdown, COVID lockdown, um, I was working in the world mainly of art, culture, tourism, um, travel, hospitality. And of course, by that very nature, the work took me anywhere and everywhere both UK-wide and abroad so it's really nice and novel to be working closer to home (laughs) it's an unexpected gift from lockdown yes (laughs) yes and and you're not new to the voluntary sector are you Helen no no not at all I've got this kind of weird CV which is um I'm trying to think that probably the best way to describe it is like a career sandwich Um, You know, I began my life in arts marketing, working in festivals, and then I went to work in charities, uh, national charities, for about 10, 12 years. And one of the first jobs that I had up here in Suffolk, I moved up here from London, was um, as CEO of Citizens Advice. Mm. So I've got that whole back catalogue of knowledge of the voluntary and not-for-profit and BCSE sector that has remained with me. That's fantastic. And um, yeah, quite uh, just a a great mix of skills and backgrounds there. And um, but perhaps you could tell us uh, what drew you to being involved with Suffolk Pro Help. Well, I've got to be honest, I think I knew about it a long while ago because I used to attend some of the annual conferences that you that you held up at um, I think they're up at Kesgrave Community Centre. And um, and I was always interested in what you were doing, but because I've just forever volunteered and just done my own pro bono thing, I, I also thought, well, I'm just, a, you know, I've only got two employees. We're too small to be able to link up with a, a kind of professionally led organisation that's all about pro bono. So partly it was me just thinking, well, they're not going to be interested in little old us. Um, we'll just carry on doing our own thing. And then you made contact again. And I thought, well, she must have done a due diligence. She'll have seen we're tiny. Um, and the fact that you made contact was really helpful. Thank you, Angela. Sorry it took me so long to get back to you. Um, there's email blips for that. But, yeah, I, I just think I thought that we were too tiny to be of interest. Well, that's really interesting. I mean, I think that just to go back, the, the bigger conferences are probably Community Action Suffolk conferences. But um, in terms of scale... 
We do. You know, we have very tiny one-woman bands, one-man bands, uh, or almost, uh, you know, a couple of people involved in a business. But equally, we have, you know, big organisations, you know, big, say, solicitors like Burkitt's or Pretty's or big architectural firms. Um, and it's all about, really, I suppose, whether your values uh, kind of chime with, with our values and you want to give back to the community. So as long as you have a little bit of capacity to do that, we're welcome, we're welcome, you know, this professional businesses to be involved. Yeah, that was really interesting for me to hear. And, and I think um, because you and I had a conversation most recently about me launching a PR coaching service mm. so that I can serve individuals and one man bands, one person bands now. I think that was a real changing, uh, you know, a turning point in my own mind about, OK, actually, I do have something that might be relevant and totally, I can totally do this. You know, it is within my capacity, even though we're a tiny firm. So that was good to hear. Yeah, that's brilliant. And so I'm going to ask you about PR coaching because it's something new for me. And um, perhaps you could kind of pull out the difference, say, between PR coaching, uh, ordinary PR, marketing, branding, because a lot of people won't understand the differences between all of those things. Yeah, OK, cool. That's a big question. Let's try and unpick it. Let's try and unpick it a bit. Um, the starting place I always feel is helpful for people to get their heads around if they haven't considered it before is what do they understand to be the purpose of marketing as a whole? And then what do they understand to be the purpose and functions of PR? And, and often when I just put that question out to different people, they will come back with typical answers like, well, marketing is all about sales and promotion. Um, and it's it's linked to um, a range of techniques, of course, and tools, one of which is social media. But it's about highlighting the benefits, highlighting why it's a good fit for you and you should be buying this or doing this or whatever. Now, PR is one of the tools in the wider marketing world, if you like. But in, in my head and in my experience, PR is all about what stories have you got to tell? And how can we tell these in the way that you want to tell them? And the the kind of outcome, the end um, outcome that PR leads towards is we want to change hearts and minds. We want to change perceptions, shift opinions sometimes. But primarily, it's through a process of storytelling. Now, everyone understands the obvious bit of storytelling, which is, yeah, going on the radio, getting a column in the newspaper, pushing your news out. That's just one, one outcome or one method or channel. Um, quite often, I'm working with PR clients in PR coaching sessions, and their goal is actually, how do I shape up my brand and people's understanding of its just intrinsic value, or actually, its commercial value? You know, what do I need to do to add value so that when I sell this firm, I can get more money for selling it? So there's two different pathways, but where it's heading towards always is what do I need to do? What steps do I need to take? What messaging do I need? Where do I need to be seen? Where do I need to be heard and spoken about to change hearts and minds and opinions? Well, that's really interesting because I guess with a charity or voluntary organisation community group, the audience for that is different. Um, but but the, the, the strategies and tools, are they different? I mean, how would a local charity kind of build a brand, as it were, through PR, for want of a better expression? 
Yeah, well, I think it's a really valid question because, um, you know, I for years before I actually worked in commercial PR and had only promoted in, in different language, I, I felt I promoted and publicised the work of various charities. It hadn't occurred to me that I'd been doing PR all the blinking time. <laughs> Um, and, and the kind of how can charities build a brand? How and why would they even bother? Well, obviously, you know, the, the whole VCSE sector needs to be interested in PR because PR is about informing and educating as much as it is about shifting perceptions of value in what you as an organisation are doing. So, you know, you need to use the messaging and the storytelling to explain really carefully and clearly what is it you're doing who are you for how can that interest me what what relevance does that have to me and my life mm. so the interesting challenge in that for me is let's say I am a member of um, the public who does not have a disability say but I'm approached by a charity that's about enabling and supporting and empowering people with disabilities. Well, what relevance has their storytelling got for me? So again, the means through which that charity chooses to convey its purpose and its value and why it's important that me as a non-disabled people should get involved and even be interested in what they're doing, that's the power of the storytelling. And I'm not going to miraculously, as a member of the public, change my mind or opinion or donate all my money to that charity um, unless they give me a compelling human emotional tug mm. in the right direction. Something that resonates with me, my life, my outlook, my values, the people that I care about in my wider clan, even in my friendship group, if it doesn't affect my own family. Mm. So that's what's really interesting to me about PR and the power of storytelling, because it can go in any direction at all. And my job in the PR coaching, to take it right back to that, is to enable people to let's define the why, the purpose and the stories that really matter here. And very often they'll come to me with something, say, hey, we're doing this fantastic event and people can help us fundraising for da 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 da. And I'll go, whoa, hang on, why are you doing this? And why are you doing that event? And who's involved and who's the event for? And why should they be interested? And actually we end up by exploring a totally different message. That's not even about the, the event that takes place. It's about what's going on for some of the people behind this charity for which they happen, you know, there happens to be a fundraising event to raise money to enable them. Yeah, and I, we had that discussion, didn't we? I think people, organisations might get very focused on events or announcing good news. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, and that seems to be quite prevalent, but your, your PA co PR coaching is getting behind that isn't it the the as yeah. you say the why's the what's the wherefores that really get to the the heart of the matter and why people should be interested which could spark fundraising or volunteering yeah. or yeah you know there's a awareness raising um perhaps you could say a bit more about that because quite a different way of approaching pr that coaching it is and um i'm actually more interested in um well, hang on, let's, let's just do another little connector in terms of what people commonly do understand about the world in which I work and, and what it actually is about. Most people will understand 
about PR, sorry, marketing theory, marketing strategy is a concept that it's a kind of, um, if you imagine a kind of flow chart, you know, start with this, start with, a, you know, a lead, as it were, mm. and, you know, keep in touch with, you know, serve them information, serve them ideas, and then eventually, hopefully, they'll become a customer. And then we want to go beyond that to, you know, really get them to love what we're doing. So they buy more and they talk about us, then they become a kind of brand ambassador mm. I'm really interested in bypassing an awful lot of that stuff <laughs> stuff you know I'm not I'm not dissing it whatsoever it's absolutely a thing in marketing in the world of marketing that yeah that needs to happen but where I come in is I want to help them identify their potential brand ambassadors their stakeholders in the true sense the people that are not only going to put some money in the tin yeah, they're a customer if you're looking at that flowchart marketing model. Um, I want to get beyond that and like who's out there in the wider community and world that could actually influence immediately just through one conversation, maybe finding 100 people that would each write a check. And what process would we need to go through to find, research, build a connection and an authentic kind of relationship with them. So, you know, they're, they're interested in what we, we, the charity, are doing. I'm interested in them and what they're doing. It's got to be a perfect match. I think in the, in the olden days, back in the days of, you know, <laughs> your, this probably would have been referred to as philanthropic kind of marketing, mm. philanthropy. Um, but actually, for me as a PR and for me as a PR con uh, consultant and coach, it's immensely important that I help them to identify their proper brand ambassadors. They're not the same as influencers. Um, and, and again, I'm using the term influencers in marketing theory sense, which is, you know, the, the people who are the best customers, you know, they have influence because they can withhold their cash and their custom if you don't serve them well. Um, for anyone listening that's going hang on that's not influencers aren't they the people on instagram no they are <laughs> they are also influencers but they're paid to they're paid to promote anything that comes their way that they fancy promoting a totally different group of individuals but yeah it's interesting so i'm i help organizations to identify and find their major supporters and brand ambassadors and in the, when i worked in a national charity national fundraising um, department for RNIB, part of what I did there was helping to identify really influential people in the community that would perhaps formulate their own group of philanthropic donors, um, you know, the volunteers in a way, but they were volunteering to add financial clout to the organization and its infrastructure. And I think here in Suffolk, the nearest equivalent I've come to that is the organisation Suffolk Community Foundation. That's a really great scaled up example of what, you know, I was doing back in the 90s, mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. doing it for a, a national charity. So I guess this, your PR coaching uh, really empowers, could really empower a small voluntary organisation. I think it's... Oh, sorry, go top, ahead. I going to say quite different from a kind of top-down ordinary PR approach it's quite an empowering approach to really understand uh, and get to grips with PR because even a small say a tiny preschool or a tiny community group could 
could use this approach really well. They could, and that's the beauty of it. It's, it's really accessible. And it is a process that's learned, hence the need for PR coaching. And the, the other really important bit for tiny organisations also is, yeah, it comes from team-led. It comes from, you know, the people that are doing the front-facing delivery. Um, it does not always have to be about the chief executive proudly declaring that year's success or the new win or the new customer or whatever is traditional PR. Mm. Um, on the contrary, mainly when I have the conversations with people and say, just tell me what's going on. And, you know, when we're allowed to, I, I, let me just come and chill out for a day. Let me see what you do and how you do it. And ask some of the people that volunteer there or who are, you know, in receipt of some of the services and whatever. Let me just see what you're about. I identify the kind of people who ordinarily their story would probably never be told in a traditional marketing environment. You know, they wouldn't be they wouldn't appear in a glossy brochure proudly declaring that they have, you know, just smashed this target or whatever. They'd probably be the quiet person, you know, packing the boxes in the warehouse doing the thing, but doing mm -hmm. it diligently to the benefit of thousands of people every month and, you know, cheerfully and doing an excellent job, sort of unsung heroes and heroines. But I don't even like that terminology because that sounds mm. a bit patronising to me. It's, um, you know, just the true heroes, true heroes, that the operational heroes that ordinarily don't enjoy any of the spotlight on what they're doing and why it's of such value. Yes, well, that's what makes many organisations successful isn't it those kind yeah. of hidden stories those quiet stories in the background and people in the background getting on with their jobs but actually mm. could really engage the hearts and minds of others and resonate with them definitely and it also um attracts it becomes like a magnet if you like for attracting all kinds of voluntary help people that had previously thought well you know i, I can't really do that big highfalutin trustee job I haven't really got the time or the commitment or ooh, it just feels like a heavy responsibility um but who's going to want me for half a day a week you know and not even the same day every week depending on on schedule and you know if you're self-employed for example it's like who might have Tuesday morning next week and the week after it might be Friday afternoon who's going to be able mm. to take me on board with that so those kind of um behind the scenes couple of three hours but done it you know done their role so brilliantly and kept everything marching forwards that's when that kind of storytelling can be really powerful in teasing out other people in the community that have something valuable to contribute and never really saw themselves or their circumstances represented in the public facing traditional PR and marketing that had always been served. Uh, yeah and that's why I suppose PR is relevant for the tiniest voluntary organization and the biggest charity it's it you know it's important for all all organizations in the voluntary sector isn't it it is and we've got to get away from this idea that pr is about identifying a public facing news item and push out a media release to all the local papers and get on the radio talking about that one news item it's just okay it's a thing if you need to do that do that uh, i'm not saying stop it entirely it has a place but it's not fresh and exciting is really what I'm saying. And, and there are an awful lot of other really quite straightforward ways that charities and tiny little community organisations could be storytelling in much more 
you know, much more kind of compelling ways that are going to have a, a longer impact and outcome than, oh, that was quite a nice story. Good on them. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I also guess, it, you know, it's a bit less daunting, isn't it? You know, for a small community organisation, it might feel a bit daunting to go on the radio or, or you know, or, or do a press release. But if you're storytelling in a different way that really engages people, then, you know, it makes it more accessible in, in a way for the smallest organisation, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And something that I learned from my years in the not-for-profit sector, um, I couldn't get very much done without massive you know, extensive collaborations and partnerships. Um, you know, for example, that's how when I was at Citizens Advice here in Suffolk back in 2003, um, I was, it was only through collaborating that I was able to scale up, you know, an idea that me and my counterpart across the road at AGK Suffolk had at the time and Sally Fogden, the Farm Support Network, she had the idea to, to, how can, you know, how can we reach people in rural areas? I know, let's join forces and apply for some funding and get a caravan to do, that became the Rural Coffee Caravan, which is still Fantastic. going strong. But, you know, going back to the point of, you know, what can PR do for tiny organisations and do it differently? It opens up just through the power of storytelling, telling your stories to someone like me. I will identify, oh, have you spoken with so-and-so? Because I hear on the grapevine they might be planning something like that. Let me introduce you to them. Should we issue a statement that you're working happily in partnership, that you want to do this bigger thing for more people with shared resources? Isn't that a good news story? Mm -hmm. Sharing knowledge, staff, volunteers, expertise, sharing has to be the theme that we we take forward from um, life beyond lockdown you know the power of sharing instead of you know sorry to sound unpleasant but you know I have experienced as a chief executive that thing of charity um, charity jealousy where it's like sitting in a test at school with you can't answer the question. So you're looking over at your partner who was <laughs> hiding their answers. And it's like, come on, help me out. You've got the answer or you potentially got the answer. Share some of that with me and I'll help you out later. We need to take that concept and scale it up widely across organisations. The Rural Coffee Caravan, I have to say, does a fantastic job of that. Thanks to Anne Osborne and her terrific team. Yeah. They uh, they share their knowledge. So they've now got rural coffee caravans popping up all over the UK um, that they, you know, generously and willingly shared all their um, knowledge of infrastructure and operational process. We need more of that. We need more sharing toys. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think the voluntary sector is stronger when we're together. I mean, that's what yeah. Community Action Suffolk exists to do you know to bring the sector together to provide a voice to you know you'd be the support for the sector so sharing expertise is is one way of doing that and obviously Suffolk Pro Health is here to share to bring in business expertise like yours to the sector and you know for the benefit of helping the voluntary sector thrive um, and it's brilliant that you're able to offer some PR coaching through Pro Health. I'm just wondering you know Obviously, organisations will approach us for, um, they might look at traditional PR, but uh, this coaching element, you know, what would you be looking for? An organisation that knows nothing or some experience or an organisation looking to do a campaign? What would interest you in supporting a, a community group through ProHealth? Well, the size of the organisation, how many volunteers or staff run it, don't matter to me at all. That's kind of irrelevant. Um 
it would be nice if I could work with an organization that just is, you know, beginning to think about scaling up because that's what the PR that I do is focused on. It's using storytelling to get um, people on board, supporting it, and to scale up their operations, whether it's so that they can help more people or they can just spread the news more widely, whatever. So size isn't so important, but an ambition to reach out and scale up in some way is important. Um, I want an organisation that's just got something interesting to say, you know, they feel excited about what they're doing. Mm. Um, it's not same old, same old, oh, we've got to find a new way of satisfying a grant funder. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, if you need, if you need help just to, just to find fundraising, hire a philanthropy expert like Kira mm. Scallon. She's excellent at that. That's her field of expertise. Um, but if you're more about how can we build an organization to be proud of that people want to be involved in either as service users or as volunteers or to give their time in some way that's where the PR coaching will really help so it's about something interesting to say and an ambition rather than that's where they are and what they're doing and the size yeah, that's fantastic. And I'm sure there are many organisations out there who are really proud of what they do and want to be better known and, you know, to really build up what they're doing. And and it sounds like a really amazing opportunity for anyone who wants to ask for our support. So, so Helen, thank you so much for your time today. You're and, welcome. Uh, and I'm really delighted that you're part of Suffolk Pro Health. I'm really pleased. Uh, I, I'm sorry it took me so long, <laughs> but, you know, I'm glad I'm here now. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, um, yes, and if you want to know more information about Suffolk Pro Help and how to seek our support or to join us as a business, you can go to suffolkprohelp.org.uk. Thank you so much, Helen. Thank you.